Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Lenahan. Hey, thanks for joining me. Certainly appreciate it. This is episode 90 already. you believe that? How about that? And we're up over uh, 200,000 uh, downloads, streams, and uh, subscriptions, and we certainly appreciate you spreading the word about this little, little podcast. Very happy to have a guest returning. About a year and a half ago, we talked to Jamie Harris, and I'm a huge fan. Jamie, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for bringing back my weirdness. <laughs> I love your weirdness. And I'm honored that you've got the, you know, Jamie is known for these uh, heart uh, red uh, sunglasses and you got them on and thank you for that. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel honored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you were here uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, we talked about your Highly acclaimed uh, first record, the uh, Red Rescue record, and you played some stuff. But before you left, you played a new song for us uh, that we got a taste of. And at the time, you were thinking this could be perhaps the title cut of the new album when it comes out. And as it turns out, it is. And we're talking about Boomerang Town, which comes out Friday. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, so and, and it's 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 quite a tale. That, that song and the whole album. Uh, what can you tell us about it? It's, it's been a journey, hasn't it? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a collect. First of all, I've never worked harder on a collection of songs than I have on this one. Mm-hmm. Part of that is because um, I had never invited anyone into my songwriting process ever. It was pretty solitary for me. Yeah. And uh, I went to a workshop that changed my life in a bunch of different ways in 2017 that was hosted by Eliza Gilkison, Mary Gaucher and, Gretchen Peters. I love her and, too. In uh, mm-hmm. that way, oh gosh, yeah. I, I learned a lot about editing and it collided too with in 2016, I was in a car wreck mm. and I uh, got a little brain injury from that. And so before, I, I wouldn't really write something down in a song unless I could sing it enough and remember it. Because mm-hmm. I would come back to it and go, well, if it wasn't strong enough for me to remember, it's probably not good enough to be in the song. Oh. But I, you know, it, that, it was a really weird way to go about the editing process. So now, you know, since I got in that car wreck, um, I have to write everything down or else I forget yeah. it. So, so uh, that's really improved my songwriting process. So some of these songs, I think, started in 2014, 2015. Really? Yeah. And it's been an incredible thing because, like, even today I was talking to Kim Rule from Folk Alley and we were talking about some stuff and she said, well, you know, I was really inspired by, like, what this meant. And I was like, wow, I didn't even realize it symbolized that, you know, it's like these songs continue and continue to teach me. It's like really mysterious and incredible to me and, and amazing. And also, you know, a lot of these songs, the arc of the record is really me asking a lot of questions about where I grew up, how I grew up, um, the community I was in my, you know, the imprint that my, you know, my family has left on me and not even necessarily my immediate family, but um, my, my grandparents and uh, the history of mental illness and alcoholism through my family is, you know, super light subjects. Mm, super that. light. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what I found really by writing this this record is that I think I have more questions now than I have answers. I might wow. even have more questions now than when I started writing this thing. That's interesting. Wow. Questions like what? Mm. Like. Like some stuff having to do with some personal work. Like I have only recently heard this term called deconstruction, deconstruction in reference to deconstructing uh, 
um, the evangelical Protestant Christian faith. Mm. So, oh gosh, I turned this thing off. And, and, I got a phone call coming in. Uh, yeah. Do not disturb. Sorry about that. I turned off. No, you're good. Disturb, but it <laughs> so yeah, so um, yeah, like for example, like I I learned how to sing in the church, particu- particularly the Baptist church, and I loved mm-hmm. going to church and I loved yeah. singing and I loved being a part of that community and I loved being a leader. And what happened in, in, in being of service and, you know, loving your neighbor and all that stuff, all the good that. stuff that I took from it, you yeah. know, all of it. And, mm-hmm. but, but it was complicated as well. I ended up spending about six out of seven days a week at church. Did you really? And so when I, I did. Wow. Yeah. And part of that was, well, if you want to be in leadership in this way, you need to show up in other ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what that resulted in was me being at church almost all the time. Wow. So when I left the church and kind of, didn't I think I left because I was burnt out, but it led to a lot more than that. And the result of that was that I kind of just left a lot of things undone. Mm-hmm. And um, when you leave something like that, it's your whole community. Yeah, it really is. You're spending all your time there. You know, there's a, like a certain language that occurs there. And so in, in 2016, um, with everything that was going on politically, I was living in a very liberal community, and I heard people say things like. They were the Christians this and the Christians did that. And I oh said, boy. I internally went, wait a minute, am I a Christian? My mom's a Christian. She doesn't act like that. That's not what she believes. That's not how she behaves. And so it brought up a lot of questions about, you know, things that I hadn't looked at in my own life. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I'm very, very new to the concept of deconstruction, deconstruction, but it has to do with taking, you know, there's a term in recovery that says, you know, take what you want and leave the rest. Mm-hmm. And that's part of it. You know, reconciling your your loss of community, but yeah. also sticking with faith if you choose to mm-hmm. through your lens. And you have. I have. Yeah. But I had to find it again in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. And it's a different kind of faith now, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it is. It is. And I think music has always kept me believing in something bigger than myself. Oh, I think that's such a, that's so much truth in that. My brother and I always used to say that we never felt closer to God than when we were singing and playing, especially when we were playing in church, you know, but even beyond that, you know, so it, oh, yeah. it sounds to me like the writing of this album has been a very cathartic experience for you. Yeah, it has. And it's been very, you know, I have a lot of pride as well in this record because I worked so hard on editing, which mm. is like oddly a new thing to me that now are you like, talking about oh, the oh, editing oh. of the writing or the editing of the songs themselves or that yeah, production I mean, yeah oh yeah the editing of of the writing i got you absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely so i'm i'm proud of that and i've learned so much about myself and about writing which is continues to fascinate me all the time mm-hmm. you know I, mm-hmm. I love that there's always more to learn about music and song and writing and you know one of the things that was interesting to me is that with some of these songs, the closest way I could get to my own experience was to tell the story from behind the eyes of a narrator that wasn't me. Mm, okay. I see. Wow. Like, for example, in Boomerang Town, I tried a lot of different perspectives, and I started with myself. Then I started, a, a you know, tried a waitress and a coffee shop uh, in Crawford, Texas. I tried a veteran. I tried all kinds of stuff, and the closest way I could figure to to talk about my experience of growing up and where I did was from behind the eyes of a 17-year-old boy that works in Walmart. Mm. That you actually worked with, right? Didn't you work at Walmart? Did I read you worked at Walmart? I did did work at Walmart. I for sure did. I came back and I I had a hard time getting a job and that's where I found a job and um, 
it was great. They still had this, um, the smoking room. Yeah. So this is really when I, I mean, I, honestly, I've given so much stuff up, but I smoke, I miss smoking. Yeah, I don't recommend it, but it, that is the thing that stuck with that me. That is the hardest thing I think to quit in the world. It's not, it absolutely. Took me multiple tries. Yeah. Oh yeah. So oh, the yeah. thing about, you know, Walmart at the time was that, I don't know if it's still the same, but if you didn't smoke, you got one break and then a little lunch break. But if you smoked, you <laughs> they encouraged you. Yes. And there's a smoking room inside of the Walmart. Oh my. <laughs> it, was, it blew my, you know, blew my mind. So that's, it's, a, it's a culture, man. It's a, it's a culture. But, that, um, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'd love to play one of these songs and I, let's do, um, cause you've released a couple of singles ahead of the, of the album. Uh, this is a uh, February 15th is when this is publishing. Your record comes out on the 17th. It'll be available everywhere. Um, and let's play what the, like the first single. Okay. This was missing someone. This was the first single, right? This is a great song. I'm going to play it for you right now. Spotify here. And let's listen to it. And we'll talk about it afterwards. I love this groove.
David Lindley kind of little slide guitar in there. It's awesome. That's a great song. Great groove. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite singer-songwriters, folks, it's uh, Jamie Harris, our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. That's a really cool groove. Great song. Yeah. And you know what? And One some of gems coolest? of lyrics, like, uh, uh, this time it was a good swim. That's <laughs> you know? great. I love that. So. Thank you. Thanks so much. You know, one of the smartest things, I think the smartest thing I did with this record was, um, you know, we made it kind of still in the, the pretty intense part of the lockdown. Yeah. And, uh, and I knew I wanted to work with Mark Hallman, who's one of my favorite people on. Every time I hear this record and I hear Mark, I just smile and also tear up because I love him so much. Yeah. But um, he's made a lot of records for people I love, like those great Eliza Gilkison records oh, he was wow. involved in. And he was a drummer in a rock band called Navarro. Navarro, okay. 70s, he worked with Carol King. And wow. he's just one of those guys, he's like, he's such a badass. <laughs> and um, and it's funny because I forgot, like, you know, he's a great background singer. He can do a million things that are wonderful. But I forgot that, like, you know, his main instrument is the drums. Yeah. He just kills it on the drums. And having him play drums on this record, and basically I just said, Mark, do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, so it's pretty much, most of the record is Mark playing almost everything, and Andre Moran He's in a great band called The Bell Sounds. He uh, engineered the record, but he also played guitar on the record as well. Recorded here like, in Nashville, Jamie? Jamie right. Was it? Or, you know no, what? I no. went back to Austin. Went back to place. Austin. Okay. I was really um, excited that I made this record there because it's this kind of this legendary place called the Congress House Studio. That's right. We talked about it on the last podcast, huh? Yeah, so you did it there. Yeah. Acoustic record there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the studio, it started in, there's a great documentary you can watch called The Shopkeeper that Rain Perry made. And it's mm. great because it's about the Congress House studio, but it's also about how the life of singer-songwriters has changed with the introduction of Spotify oh, yeah. and yeah. You know, no tour support. You know, just the changing yeah. of the record industry. It's, it's, it's a wonderful documentary. But Mark started, when the studio started, it started in a van. And mm. the Congress House was kind of this house that a bunch of band guys lived in and then the studio a van down by the river it, you know what it exactly was right. it well, really it literally was i'll be 100 percent. yeah but yes and and uh and so you know i think uh the second that we hit the last note on this record mark said well i gotta tell you um i'm selling the congress house oh, and we're gonna move somewhere else and i'm gonna um andre's gonna be who's the engineer andre's gonna produce and i'm gonna be the engineer Mm-hmm. And so I think they made one more record for Tom Russell there, and that was it. So that I'm was extremely it? grateful to have this little time capsule of wow. kind of Austin history. That's really history. something. Yeah. So yours was the last. Was yours the last then? I think Tom Russell. Tom Russell was the last. Okay. Wow. Something else. I want to talk about that video because that video, and folks, you need to, you need to see the video. It's just a joy. It really is. And Mary Goucher makes a, um, a little cameo appearance, doesn't she? Yeah. Absolutely. Who, tell me about all the folks in that video. Okay. Yeah. First of all, I got to say, so Mary started swimming in the pandemic for exercise. She started to swim. So I was at the YMCA in Lyons, Colorado, waiting for her to finish swimming. Mm -hmm. And I stumbled upon this thing called Silver Shoes, which is a group of classes at the YMCA for anyone 65 and older. Okay. At the time, there was a Silver Shoes Zumba class going on. Okay. There was this woman there who I I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like looking into my future. Every time they went right, she went left. Every time the (laughs) class went front, she went backwards. She just could not get in the groove, but she was so passionate. Hmm. And so I made up, you know, songwriters do daydream, making up stories. I made up the story in my head that, you know, wow, like 
maybe she just found this new love in her life and she's like going to the gym because she's like has this confidence and she's going to like get fit and like figure out how to move her body, you know? So well, I just had this idea and I said, oh, I want to do this for missing someone. Like, and I think it also collided with, I, you know, I'm a huge roller coaster freak and I never been to Dollywood. No, we got to get you to Dollywood girl. I I did end up going. So right right when things opened up, I was like, I'm going to Dollywood. That's the first place I'm going. And you know, Dolly at Dollywood, 80% and um, of the employees there are 65 and older and 10% are 90 and older. Wow. It's really an incredible thing because Dolly's making this obvious statement about ageism without having to use her words at all. And I was like, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And as much as isms as we're talking about, yeah. age of them is so rarely in the conversation. Yeah. You know, you know, you're you you're always a child, no matter how old you are. That child like no that love, wonder that, that I agree. follows you for the rest of your life. So I said, we gotta do a video like this. And it dawned on me one of my favorite people in the world is this guy named Rike Patir. I don't know if you've run into Rike at all. He's I a haven't. songwriter Oh my God. Is he the guy doing the splits in this? In this oh, he yes. is amazing 100%. in this video. He is. He steals the show, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's, he's the jam. And mm-hmm. he's, um, I met him because he's, he's uh, my hairdresser, but is we've he? become very good friends. And he's been Emmy Lou's hairdresser since oh, like and She's like your idol, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I can't even, I was in a room with her last night and I'm still in shock. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to sing with her one time. I remember. I did. Uh, yeah. I so, yeah, wow. so there's that. Yeah. So Rike's in there and then, <laughs> yeah. um, the, the filmmakers, I, I'm making a video, a music video for every song on this record. Are you? Every video Good. is being made by fellow, um, songwriters. So this is Nielsen Hubbard and Josh Britt who made a lot of videos for John Prime, but they're also in a, in a band together called the Orphan Brigade. Uh-huh. So they made the video, my, the, where I work out in Nashville, it's called lean personal tra- uh, training. They uh-huh. donated the space for us to make the video. Oh, when they weren't open. So Nielsen had made a video with two of the characters and, um, in a, a previous video. And so he, he brought them in and then Nielsen lives in Franklin, Kentucky, and he has these neighbors there, Bill and Marilyn, who are just total characters. And he said, huh, I wonder if they would do the video. And so Bill's the guy like in with the American flag yes. uh, headband. Uh-huh. He could do a plank for like five minutes. It was oh, unbelievable. That's crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. So th- we had. And there's people hour. wearing your your heart sunglasses throughout. The- it's just a fun video. You can check it out on YouTube, but also on your uh, on your page. You have a web page, right? Absolutely. Which is. Uh, it's jamieharris.com, so J-A-I-M-E-E. It is just, it's spelled J-A-I-M-E-E. Harris is Harris, so check it out. You're going to love it. If you haven't seen this video, it's just, it's just, it's just a joy. It's the only way to explain it. It really is. Great song. really is. Yeah. You've been keeping so busy, haven't you? Get, oh, traveling. Yeah. You've got so many shows coming up. I was looking over your schedule uh, for February, March. Uh, you're going to California, back to Austin for a little while. Um, you're going out there, huh? All over in support of this record, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. And it's crazy because I've been, you know, for the, if you count the pandemic, um, the past five years, I've pretty much been an opening act. So when I was mm. in Austin, I played 90 minute sets all the time. You know, I had a residency. Um, I have been playing 30 minutes for about oh five years. So it's yeah. part of this record. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got to learn how to do 90 minutes. Now it's been it's a lot more songs. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you, do you, do you throw it? Do you have to throw some covers in there from time to time or are they all no. pretty much, uh, you know, 
your stuff. Oh, well, it's so funny because I love to play covers. Even mm-hmm. in my thirty minutes set, I, I like to do a cover. I've been ending with a, a song written by Tom Russell, Peter Case, and Bob Newworth recently mm-hmm. called "Beyond the Blues," wow. that I love singing. And um, but yeah, you know, it's funny. I I think there's something like I think about this a lot. I guess Bonnie Raitt is doing it, but since Emmy Lou's been writing this book and hasn't put out a record in a while, and Linda mm-hmm. Ronstadt hasn't, I can't really think of somebody that's taking some of the greatest songs in the world, you know, and, and using their voice to, to do that, to portray yeah. the world. There's a lot of, you know, singer songwriters and stuff, but not so much a singer, at least in this genre. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who's going to bring a David Olney song to the world. And I realized I have a, a good friend of mine that passed away that mentored me for many years. Jimmy Jimmy Lefay. Lefay. Yeah. Amazing. Guy. And I realized that he was trying to tell me that like, you've got a voice where you could do this. Yeah. So it's actually really you in do. my bloodstream to yeah. want to, want to play cover songs yeah. to uh, yeah. to yeah. bring them to a different audience. So how do you go about choosing songs for a set? You've got tons of them, you know, 90 minute set, filling up a set. And then you got to probably, you know, you got your uh, encore and all that stuff. It's it's tough choice a bit, putting a set yeah. list together. There's a science to it, isn't there? Oh, yeah, there's totally a science to it. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that because um, if I get, actually I just realized if I get to play a 90 minute set, that's really lucky but a lot of times what venues want to do is have two 45 minute sets mm-hmm. you know because they want to you know you got to sell drinks right to keep yes. the venue open that's, that's right. really a difficult thing particularly for a troubadour and someone that has a lot of like kind of tough songs like i do or you know because mm-hmm. you have to create two arcs yeah you, you got to really create you're kind of creating two different shows yeah you are so aren't you? i yeah. haven't quite figured that out yet I'll, I'll do it as it comes and i'm sure i'll fall on my face many 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 times as i did when i was learning how to be alone on stage with an acoustic guitar after playing with a band for many years you know it's just an opportunity to grow and god bless you, the people that are going to hang in there and, and watch watch me struggle to do it you know I'm, I'm not sure folks realize how hard that is you know i worked in radio for years but people didn't see me you know i talked on the microphone they get out in front with just a guitar that you try, you came to hide behind a guitar and a single microphone. That takes courage, doesn't it? And yeah, and for me, it's not even necessarily the music part. It's that you know the reason that I really picked up the guitar and started um, singing songs, whether they're songs you know by other people or songs that I wrote, is because my belief about myself, and I believe we talked about this last time, is that I have a difficult time communicating effectively speaking, and especially since. You know, the car wreck, like my, sometimes I'll, I'm sure this will happen on this episode. I'll start an idea and I won't exactly land it. I won't finish it. So that can happen on stage in between songs. So I'd rather not talk and just play. Well, Jamie, that happens to me and and I haven't been in a car accident. It happens to me all the time. We call it squirrel train around here, (laughs) which is my first uh, single, by the way, that just came out not too long ago. (laughs) Squirrel train. So, but no, I get it. I I totally do. Um, I want to play another song from, from the record. This was the the most recent single. When did this, this one came out how not too long ago, was it? Came out uh, November 30th. November 30th. Okay. And I love this. There's a story behind this that we've got to hear too. This is Love's Gonna Come Again. It's really uh, positive messages in here. So let's play this one, okay? Jamie Harris, our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. Love is gonna come again Maybe when you're not quite looking Maybe tonight, my friend Maybe when you're driving, love will call and you will fall into it. 
to a place you never thought you could fit in. Love is gonna come again. I know you don't believe me yet. Stuck inside your head, wonder what you could have said in that bed. Love will find you and remind you of the things you thought you'd give up feeling. Love is gonna come again. I know it hurts like hell right now, and only you know how. No one can tell you when. Oh, but love is gonna come again. Lying in your sheets alone, hiding from your telephone as it echoes through your empty home. No way of knowing if you'll have anything close to what you had. Then love is gonna come again. Love is going to come again from the new album coming out Friday from Jamie Harris called Boomerang Town. And we're going to talk about that song, get more inside the head of Jamie Harris right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Songwriter Connection, connecting with music makers and hearing their songs and stories. Now back to the show with your host, Dave Linehan. Hi, Jamie Harris. Thanks for being on our show again. Absolutely. Stoked to be here. Uh, let's talk about this song. It's such a beautiful song, a positive statement and affirmation. Uh, Love is going to come again. Tell us about the writing of that song. Yeah, well, this song dropped into my world in 2017, and there was a, a tremendous amount of grief going on, and particularly mm. in the Austin community. I mean, I lost my friend Jimmy Lafave, and yeah. his partner was left behind. We had, um, in 2016, there was a, a, an artist named Chris Porter who was um, uh, used to date my good friend Bonnie Whitmore, and he was killed on the road oh, with his man. bandmate Mitch. There's just like an insane amount of stuff going on. And, and at the time, I was working for a, blue, a tremendous blues artist that lives in the Hill Country. His name is Johnny Nicholas, and he had lost his wife to cancer a few years before. So, oh, you know, I was really struggling, still really in the thick of it with Jimmy, and he was struggling with, you know, the, the grief of losing his wife. And and had lost his son, I believe, as well. Like, just a lot of grief. So we're having a lot of conversations about it. And and it was just all around me. And so I sat down and uh, on my couch one day and just started writing it. And I, I, there was something about that song that I really loved. But I also knew that there was something wrong with it. And I couldn't exactly figure it out. So I kept going back to it and going back to it. And I think, you know, the underlying tone of what wasn't working was that I didn't have enough life experience to finish it. Mm. And so... I, through the magic of Zoom and the pandemic, I, I brought in my good friend, Graham Weber, who helps run an organization called the House of Songs that pairs up songwriters from all over the world. So he was kind of the guy, He not kind of, he was the guy that really encouraged me to start co-writing. And I feel very, very safe with Graham. So I brought him into the song and he, you know, did, did the beautiful thing, which he didn't tell me what was wrong with it. He asked me questions so I could mm-hmm. find it on my own. I see. And I have. By him asking questions about it, I realized I was like, oh, man, this sucks because I'm giving advice. Mm. Like, I, you know, I have this thing in me when people tell me what to do, whether it's verbally or in song or in writing. It makes I have this instinct that makes me want to do the exact opposite. <laughs> yes. I'm, like, I'm not going to do that. People you know, don't like to be it, preached to, do they, in a song? No. No, they don't. Absolutely no. not. And they don't mm-hmm. want to be told what to do. I mean, for sure. I do, it's just very human to go, mm, I'm not going to do that. I ain't doing just that. Yeah. told me to. Even if it was like, <laughs> listen to Emmy Lou Harris, which is I do every day. It's like, yeah. well, now because you told me to, I'm going to listen to McMurtry. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. But um, so th- that's what I was doing in that song. And, and he asked me, he said, well, what would you want someone to say to you if you're in this position? And I said, well, gosh, I just want someone to acknowledge that I was in pain and that grief has operates on its own timeline. Yeah. He said, why don't we do that and say it, sing it like you would just say it. And I said, okay. And so we came up with, you know, it hurts like hell right now. I love that part and, of the song. Oh, and when I sang it, he was just like, that's it. That's yeah. it. Oh, that's it. man. So emotional. Let's talk about co-writing a little bit. You talked about you never were uh, much of a co-writer. Uh, and I can see, I mean, when you, when you're talking about songs that are so personal to you like that, it's hard to pull somebody into that you know, and to open up your heart. Uh, to another songwriter, but you're doing a lot more of that. I noticed on the new record, there's even one uh, that you co-wrote with your partner, uh, Mary Goucher, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's been so fun to have like living with one of, in my opinion, the best songwriters oh, on yeah. earth, just having that no resource in your house. That's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I love her I book by the way too. Well, just pl- can we plug her book real quick? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saved by a song. It's an, oh man, it's a fantastic book. Thank you need you to read it. You, yeah. You folks need to read it. Yeah. Anyway, oh, go back. Yeah. So great. It's yeah. So, yeah. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's, oh gosh, I love that book so mm-hmm. much. But yeah, I, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I've come to it. Really, the House of Songs was the thing that got me interested in it because I realized, you know, you talked about being vulnerable in that way. But what I realized too is that I can come in and help somebody else articulate their story. That's and, true. Yeah. And I think Mary talks about this in the book. It's something I know she talks about in her workshops. But the truth is, one of the most powerful things about being a songwriter is that when you're writing a song, even if the narrator is you, you're still the writer. Yeah. So there's that just enough distance that allows you to go there. You know, if she'll say, okay, so the narrator is you. Is it you 10 minutes ago? Is it you 10 years ago? Wow. What kind of you is it? And it really is just enough distance that allows you, I think, to go way deeper. Wow. That's a great concept. Interesting. This is the kind of stuff we, we love on this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I love to nerd out on this stuff, too. <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah. That's why I love that book so much, too. So you and Mary wrote this song. And uh, tell us about that experience. Uh, was it hard to, you know, it was like I, Patty will give me idea. My wife, Patty, will give me an, uh, an idea. She'll say, maybe that, that's just not working. But to sit down, I know, and I know a lot of partners that will not write together because they just, you know, it's like working together. It's, it's tough. Was it hard for you and married together? Or no? Oh, we are so strong-willed that I mean, well, first of all, I'm still learning. Like Mary is such a great co-writer i have a lot of musical collaboration um Mm -hmm. strengths i can really collaborate with people on stage i have a lot of experience doing that now with songwriting i don't Mm. and so i can be very blunt you know i realize wait wait like you know a song is really precious and you really have to like um gently bring it into the world but sometimes i'll say like i don't know about that and it's like wait a minute you can't do that because that squashes the muse you know moments for sure where you know we'll we'll fight about stuff you Uh know um that happens, but it's great because she's, you know, able to teach me how to better be a co-writer in no, that way. I can't imagine I how much it's also a learned. normal thing. You know, sometimes the people closest to you, you're, you're like, <laughs> I, know. No, I, don't think, I don't think so, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. but writing that song, I mean, man, we, um, Mary has lost, I think at this point now that, you know, gosh, we just lost Peter Cooper this week, Yeah. Um, you know, and Mary's lost, I think about 20 people in her inner circle. Unbelievable. In her inner circle over the past couple of years. It has been brutal. Unreal. And her best friend, this is crazy, we used to hike almost every day at Percy Warner on the Red Trail, and her best friend got bit by a tick okay. while she was hiking. And it was this weird combination where she had this very rare autoimmune disease, and the only way you know you have it is if something like this happens where it gets activated. Oh, man. And so she was one of the healthiest people we knew, and she passed away in four days. And oh. we, it was definitely still in that, you know, pretty pandemic-y part of the pandemic. It was still pretty locked down. Um, but they threw a funeral for her outdoors. And so about a week later, Mary said, you know, I, I'd really like to sit down and kind of capture what that experience was like. And I really brought in, I mean, I kind of did what Graham did with me. I asked her a lot of questions, and we ended up, you know, what is the central idea? And the central idea is like, how could you be gone? That shock. I mean, I think about Jimmy LaFave every day. I bet you do. Every day I go, I can't, be- I still can't believe I can't pick up the phone and call him. Like it, it's really, it's, it's still, and I knew he was going to die and it is still a shock. He's not on this earth. For- it was the same thing with my brother. He had cancer and, yeah. um, and I, it's the same way. Uh, Jamie, there's something every day that happens. Where I go, I got to call my brother. And I, yeah. he, so I can identify with that. It's just so hard. And I know you and Jimmy were so close and he was a special artist, you know, really was. Yeah. And the weird thing, you know, about a funeral is like, it's, it's like the one person you want to be at the, 
at the yeah. thing is there. Yeah. And you're just like, it's like she kept saying, Mary kept saying, I felt like I got, I had to call, call her to like, call, call Betsy to tell her she missed her funeral. <laughs> like, like uh, where were you? Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's, it's How such a surreal. Going? Yeah. Is there any way you could play that song for us here through Zoom? And, um, yeah. Could you? Yeah. I would love to hear it now that we know the story behind it. And, um, hmm. Staring at the clock Stumbling around the house in shock I don't know what I feel I can't believe that this is real I don't know what to wear I don't know who will be there I want to call you I want to cry I don't want to say goodbye Turn the key, make the drive I park and watch the cars arrive Friends I never knew you had It's moving slow, it's moving fast I walk by your photograph I hear your voice, I hear your laugh Everybody's dressed in black I still think you're coming back Could you be gone? Could you be gone? chair, the preacher's words hang in the air, a cross of roses, pink and white, sideshow pictures of your life, children run across the lawn, they don't understand you're gone, looking for you in the crowd, I'm Before the 
Boy, that is one <clears throat> that just really brings me to tears, Jamie. That's an amazing song. Amazing song. <clears throat> wow. Incredible. You know what? I cannot wait to hear the production of that uh, on this new record, which comes out on Friday. The album is called Boomerang Town. The artist is uh, Jamie Harris, our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. I love what you do, girl. And I love how when you were talking about, I asked you about a song. You said, well, it dropped into my world, you know. And I'm like, that's kind of how songs do. They, they have a life of their own. And there's, there's a quote I've read of, of yours recently that, that really hit a home. It says, I surrender my will and allow the song to guide me. The song contains more, wi- the song contains more wisdom than I do. Right? Is that right? And, oh, and the, yeah. song, the song does the work of reaching who it needs to reach. And I think, I mean, there, I don't think there's more truth in songwriting ever been spoken. That's powerful well, stuff. Thank you. And that's funny because that was a question I, you know, I got asked, uh, I believe the original, the question was, do you, as a woman, do you feel like it's important to, to specifically address, you know, concerns of females in your songs? And that's, it was probably worded better than that, but you know, do yeah. you feel like you ha- like it's important to write specific topics? Right. And I feel like I'm not really in charge of what, you know, what drops, what drops in. You're not really in charge. That's not up to me, but what, you know, what I can do is make a choice to be of service to the song. Absolutely. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. And even, you know, today it was funny. I was like, I said, I was talking to Kim. I felt like, you know, Robert Frost, not in an arrogant way, but you know, mm-hmm. when people are you know, talking about the trees mm-hmm. and I heard this and he goes, yeah, man, I was just writing about trees. Like really <laughs> that's, that's what happened. But yeah. she, was, she was asking me this question about, well, how did you come to this butter? She didn't use the word metaphor, but in love is going to come again. You know, the idea of the butterfly, like that's, that's really amazing because you know, that is kind of like grief. You come out of yeah. this cocoon. And I said, yeah. oh, you know what? That's funny because you just taught me something. I didn't even think about it. I literally was in the garden with Johnny Nicholas one time and he was telling me about the butterflies coming in. And I thought that was so beautiful and how it brings him hope. I was like, it was a literal butterfly, you know, <laughs> so I was just writing about butterflies. <laughs> I'm just writing about, but you know, and I, that's the thing about the song containing more wisdom. It's like, Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cause that's a line that I normally would be like, I don't know, butter. Like I'm not Dolly. I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm not like, she can do it so earnestly and awesome. Like, is it, does it sound cheesy if I'm doing it? But it felt right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Graham confirmed that. Now, that's the right the right image there. And so, I mean, even that one word, mm-hmm. you know, contains so much more than I even realized when it dropped in from a literal experience. When it dropped we in. We never know why. Yeah, yeah. Your process is amazing. And uh, I love it. And I love your brand of music. Um, we've talked on the show so many times about how I hate genres, right? Um, I guess they put you in that Americana genre um but i mean to me i love your your term folk and roll (laughs) i think it describes it perfectly and i love people that that just blaze their own trail in that in that respect folk and roll that's your thing my my friend my songwriter friend i don't know if he's been on your show he's wonderful and he just made a record with jim white his name is ben de la cour no and he calls uh, he calls it folk noir folk noir (laughs) Uh, if you've heard his stuff and ever met him that's so right on he's just he's a gem yeah Uh, yeah maybe we have him on the show i have to get him on yeah Uh, before i let you go though we got to hear one more how about something else from that that record comes out on friday it's called boomerang town i know um we heard the the uh it was very fresh when you played it uh uh on the last show uh the title cut i don't know if you want to play that or something else something else um that you want to leave us with 
Yeah, let me think about that. I think I'm like, what's on the right? You know. Yeah. All right. Yeah, one that's maybe going to be a single on down the line, or, or that's, that's would, what I'm thinking. Are All there right. more singles to come from this yeah, album? I think so. and we yeah. talked about co-writing. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. This is a song. I don't know if you ever knew Bob, uh, or know Bob Harris, who is a radio DJ in the BBC. His wife Trudy Harris um, organized this thing in South Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And no relation, up, right? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> right. She, um, she mixes up a bunch of, uh, yeah, no, I'm not just like pumping the Harrises right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, she only talked about Emmylou Harris, the true Harris. <laughs> What's her thing with Harrises? What is with the Harrises? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, funny. I just realized that you're right. It was a lot of, yeah. a lot of Harrises. Um, yeah, so she, you know, she brings Nashville songwriters to Lafayette, Louisiana. She, nice. she mixes them up with some locals there in, in Lafayette and New Orleans that come over. She brings in some folks from Texas through the Buddy Holly Foundation and then some nice. folks from the UK. Wow. So one of the, and they brought in some people from Canada because they had the French Canadian artist writing with the Cajuns, like the Canadian. It was so oh, cool. cool. And so I, the very last day, I got set up with Dirk Powell. Okay. who's a wonderful producer and multi-instrumentalist and a woman named Katrine Noel, who's in an awesome band called Lay Hey Babies from Canada. And uh, we came up with this tune. We got into this thing and it was kind of dark and we knew, we knew we needed something that was like the devil, but wasn't the devil himself. And mm. uh, Dirk is a, he knows so much about folk music from all over the world. So he brought in the idea of in Ireland, there's this idea of the fair and dark haired lad, which is I was hoping you're going to get because you know, oh. I'm Irish, you know. Oh, and, and when man. I read about this song, I go, I hope I wasn't going to ask you to play it because I think it's your show, but I'm so glad you chose this. Yeah, so go ahead. I'm sorry. General. All right, here we go. Yeah. First drink before I could drive Mama left it on the counter Half full one night Felt the fire in my chest Shook the hand of the fair And dark haired lad He crept through the boards Hid behind the door Now he ain't got a reason to hide no more Took the seat at the table That my daddy once had The fair and dark haired lad
Oh yeah, love it. It sounds great through your guitar. Sounds really great. It's a Gibson, right? It is a Gibson, and um, Gilly was having some trouble this year, so she went to live at at Gibson for about three months, and uh-huh. they really took care of her, and, uh-huh. and she, she's in great shape. You call her Gilly? Gilly. Wow, I love that you name your guitars too. What kind of strings do you use? I'm just wondering. I love the bass notes on those. Oh, cool. Elixir nanowebs. Okay. Because my fingers, man, I've heard, you know, you should put lights. Every time I take my guitar, they yeah. put like lights, lighter strings on them, but yeah. I'm just so hardcore. And, you know, there's some, my hands too, like I just like tear through strings. Like I'm like, yeah. I got to change my B string already. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I need strings that last forever. Yeah. I, I do too. And those do, those about. do tend. And the thing I love about those too is you take, you can have your guitar in the trunk of the car and it could be cold or real hot and pull it out and it's on it's in tune. And you're like, how does that happen? Uh, you, it's it's just amazing, and it sounds good. And I'm liking to to use a little heavier now too because that bass notes really it really brings those out. So, yeah, just one more question. The album comes out on um, on Friday, and it's called Boomerang Town. Great album art cover too. I'm always into the album art cover. Are you falling down or falling up? Because <laughs> it's upside down. <laughs> you know what? So it's it depends on which side you're looking on. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we were pretty intentional about that. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Okay. We'll leave it up to interpretation then. And, and the whole thing, you know, I mean, it, it's like very, it's very meta. It's the, you know, the album is is really a cycle. Like we talked about missing someone. I think yeah. you could even start, you know, missing someone is track number 10 on the record. So it's the last track, but you could really start the record with track number 10, which is missing someone and end it with love is going to come again. Yeah. Or you can start with Boomerang. There's so many, there's a lot of, a lot of themes of cycles on this record and the art really brings that home. It really does. Yeah. I miss the records, uh, the days of the vinyl when we had the, the album covers and things. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm always a big fan of the uh, album art. So I just really, I just got my vinyl in yesterday. I realized this is a non yeah. visual format. So maybe once we're done, I can show you. Real I, would, quick. I would love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to see so you got it on vinyl, huh? Well, I got to have I got to have a copy. Listen, oh, man, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, When we're taping this in uh, in December, and I know that tonight you and Mary are playing the Bluebird. I wish to God I could be there because I just adore you both. And um, and people can still listen to your Sundays with Mary. Are you doing those streams still? We're doing, yeah, we're doing them when we're off the road, but uh-huh. we're we're on the road pretty pretty hardcore. I will be in Nashville at Analog. We're having a CD release party or album release party on nice. March 9th. So nice. I'll be playing live there. And uh, but we are, yeah, we're around. You uh, you can good. you can catch us live probably 200 nights out of the year. <laughs> we we'll just try That's to make it to your CD release party. So Love thanks, him. Jamie. Appreciate you so much. Yeah. Love what you do. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection.